everyone. Welcome to the Mac Talks podcast, a podcast for instructional design and instructional technology, uh, specifically geared towards higher ed and online courses. But uh, any instructional designers are welcome to listen and join along in the podcast. Uh, we are with McLennan Community College, and we are instructional designers. And in this uh, episode, we're actually going to talk about our favorite online courses and specifically what were those parts of the online course, what uh, about those online courses made uh, them great. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, give us a listen and subscribe and uh, send us a message if you have any feedback or if you'd like to be a guest. Hey everybody, welcome to the first uh, inaugural episode of Mac Talks. So we're excited that you are here. And my name is John Gaza. I'm an instructional designer. And we're gonna just go around and introduce everybody uh, just to start off with. So you know who is joining me. We've got the pretty much the whole team. We're missing Stacy Taylor, the director, but um, she'll be on a podcast in the future. And I'm Catherine Beach. I'm also an instructional designer here. Um, one of my favorite parts of my job is getting to teach professional development classes. I love getting a ton of educators in a room and talking about how we can all be better teachers for the sake of student success. And I'm Richard Leslie, and I'm also an instructional designer, and I serve as a coordinator for IDI. And uh, I can help you with accessibility and ADA issues in your classes. Uh, I'm probably somebody you want to talk to for copyright. And uh, if you're interested in doing group work in your classes, I'd be happy to help you with that as well. My name is TJ. I'm the instructional technologist here at MCC. Um, I specialize in anything to do with Brightspace, Respondus, or Camtasia. So if you've had issues with that or just want to learn something new that you didn't know before, I'm the guy to go to. Okay. My name is Clara Wilkinson, and I'm the instructional designer. Um, uh, you can come to me for uh, best practices. I can help you with uh, course design. I'm still learning the ropes of ADA and accessibility, but come to me with your questions and I will try to answer them. Uh, we're all trying to, 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 we're all here to help you. We want you to see us as a resource uh, that you can always come to and, and to help you with pretty much anything regarding online courses, but also in person as well. This, this team is really awesome. I think we work well together and guys chime in. Yeah, I think we each bring, like you said, different strengths to the team, but also I just appreciate, as a very goal-oriented person, I appreciate that all of us have similar goals in that at the end of the day, we're all here for student success. Like we wanna support faculty so that they can be the best that they can be for the students. And we, we wanna make um, things to be accessible for students and we want them to, to thrive. And so I'm so, I feel so grateful to be a part of a team that has that common goal that, I, um, that I'm also really passionate about. And I, I would say that we don't per se have arguments. We have passionate discussions. True, yes. true. <laughs> and John and, I, John and I both come from the K through 12 background. And I think that that's an interesting take on all of this moving up into higher education. And I think that also, you know, um, adds to the team is having that background as well and knowing what the best practices are, you know, in the face-to-face -face classroom, having done those ourselves 
and then helping faculty, you know, do that in their classrooms. You know, that's our goal. You know, we want we want everyone to have really good, um, really good experiences with their students. Okay, so let's let's just I I just want to kind of kick off the podcast. We don't I don't want to jump right into business. We were going to talk about online courses and uh, here in just a little bit. But first, I I don't know if you saw the Mega Millions lottery. It was like over a billion. Was it a billion dollars? I think. In, I think uh, it was about a billion dollars. But the guy only got a payout of like four hundred million. Okay, well, change, you know, not much. Only four hundred. <laughs> only, only 400 it's, it's nothing. <laughs> Uh, so what the, I wanted to ask everybody, cause I was curious because it's something I thought about when, so what was the, what would be the first thing that you would buy? Now, when I say this, a lot of people are like, I put the money in the bank or I'd go get a lawyer or I'd, um, give it to the church or I'd give it to my family and friends. What's the first guilty pleasure that you would buy that you wouldn't necessarily buy for yourself because we'd all put money in the bank right even if we got we get our paychecks we put money in the bank but what is the guilty pleasure the first thing you would do if you had that much money to spend who wants to go first i'll I'll start off Uh, i think that i'd go ahead and uh i would buy a little piece of land on a lake somewhere that had a house on it and i would turn it into a little personal recording studio for music so that I could bring my my friends over and we could create music. So that's what I would do. Yeah, if you didn't know yet, and I think half, or if not all the campus already knows who you are, Richard, but um, Richard is our our music man here. And we were talking about this earlier. How many instruments do you play? Uh, Quite a few. (laughs) About four or five. Four or five. Okay. So, I mean, that's four or five more than, than I think most of us play right now. So unless you count the triangle or cowbell, because I'm awesome at that. So the didgeridoo. What I want to hear is I want to hear what Clara wants to do with her billion dollars. Okay. Um, if I had a billion dollars and I've thought about this for a very long time, like as a child, if I had a billion dollars, okay. I would definitely buy some land And that would be like my dog sanctuary. And I would work very hard to save all the dogs in the universe and put them there. And then it'll just be like a safe haven for them. And then I will build like a three-story building. And the first floor is like grooming. And you can come bring your dog in, get it groomed, give it a little bath and a bunch of different stations and then second floor is like it's like build a bear and you take your dog and you go through and you get it a little outfit and then the <laughs> and then the third floor um is like a play area and a swimming pool and just all crazy Anyway, I love dogs and that's what I would do. I love how specific this dream is. Like, I really can tell that you've been thinking about this for a while. And I, I really appreciate that you shared that. I I think the Build-A-Bear thing is brilliant. Like I can see stuffing like a a dog toy, you know, so. It's also incredibly wholesome. Like you're doing something positive at the same time. Oh yeah. I love dogs. I I love our uh, local 
um, places in, in uh, Waco that help animals too, like Fuzzy Friends and the Humane Society. So anyway, I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, TJ, what, do, what, what are you going to do with that billion dollars? So I've thought about it, thought about it a lot. And I think what I've decided on is I would build a really extravagant like home theater with like top of the line 8K TVs, Dolby Atmos surround sound. Like I want, I want to feel like if I'm watching Saving Private Ryan, I want to feel like I'm on the beach of Normandy. I don't, you yeah. know, I want to, <laughs> I want to hear Does the seats everything. vibrate. Uh, yeah, you know what? We can, you know, we've got a billion dollars. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> So, and, and I would, it wouldn't be just for me though. Like that's my guilty pleasure. Yes. But I would have enough seating to where like, if friends or family wanted to come over, you know, we don't need to go to a theater anymore. You just come to my place and we'll just watch movies. Okay. So I'm, I can't wait for you to win the lottery. Yeah. You're invited, John. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I saw one, one guy that had like screens that had what was playing in the theater. He had built like a home theater and like outside of the door. So like, it was like a, a poster that of what was playing now so that's that's an idea i want to add that is really cool your vision yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) uh all right Catherine. i don't mean to always put you at kind of at the end but you're at the bottom of my zoom screen so that's why i'm just kind of going in order (laughs) yeah well and i'm very glad that you did say that your first splurge item because i definitely like you said it would go to the bank it would go to you know i think everyone like you said says but the thing that like, once all that was done, the thing I would probably spend a lot of it on was travel. Like I would, um, I've seen several countries, but I'd love to see a ton more. And I'd love to be able to take like the time to see all of them. I think often my budget limits me and how much time I can spend in a place. Um, or, you know, like, okay, I got to hit the top five things. And then I end up seeing the touristy things. Um, and I'd love to stay like an extra week and get to like really you know, see some more things or say an extra month and get to like know the culture better. Um, so yeah, spending a lot of time traveling to places that I, I otherwise wouldn't have gone would be how I spent it. Hey, with that kind of money, you wouldn't have to work ever again. <laughs> yes, I probably would. I'd end up working somehow, but I would have the freedom to do it on my own time and schedule and be able to take months off or whatever. So yeah, that's yeah, nice. Be nice. That's awesome. I, 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 th- I love that because my wife is a big traveler and she loves t- trying to get us on vacations and it's always money. That is the reason that we don't do a bunch of vacations. So winning the lottery, that having that dream for what, well, but, but you didn't really, where would be the first place you would go? Catherine, you got to tell us. Um, that's hard. Um, I, would it be I Hawaii really, or overseas? No, I think I think I would go to some places in, in Europe. I've also really been interested in going to India and like seeing all of India. Cause I think kind of like the United States, if you've seen one part of it, you've only seen one part, you know, and you, you can't see the whole thing. So I'd love to tour all around um, India. And then, um, yeah, I also love to go see like um Iceland in like the summer there's I have some oh, man. recently went and their pictures are just gorgeous um so I, anywhere really is the answer but those are a few places that come to mind <laughs> that's awesome yeah John what would you do with a billion dollars uh, well you know I I feel like my answer is really terrible now after I hear all these really good answers because um I was you know 
I was trying to think while you were talking, what would, what would be a better answer now? Um, no, the, <laughs> my, the, the first thought, like right off the bat of my, right off my head, like not even thinking about it would be just buy a crazy, awesome car that I couldn't afford normally, like a Lamborghini or, I, and we were talking about this earlier, we tried to prep, you know, and so we were talking about this earlier or a uh, Gamera Koenigsegg is the name of the car. If you want to look it up, it's K-O-E-N-I-G-S-E-G-G. It is a really cool supercar. Anyway, I would just splurge because I would never, like, I'm very practical. I have a, a truck and I will probably run it till the wheels fall off. Um, but so that's something I wouldn't normally spend money on is, is like a really nice car. Um, what is the name of this car? It's it's a, a, a um, Ko- Koenig. Coincide Gamera G E M E R A K O E N I G S E G G. It's a supercar. You can look it up later. If I wish you we had get it. You'd have to learn how to pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say you can't buy it till you pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> listen to me. If I had a billion dollars, I would have someone that could walk around and say, What kind of car I got? And then I'd point to them. And that's that would be their only job. You just that snap your like, finger. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> they, they say it. <laughs> those right now and um the for our first podcast what what i really want to talk about is uh what's the best online course you've taken maybe not specifically but what are those key components to that online course what was that those things that you remember that made it stand out that uh made you remember that course or or kept you engaged in that course um so what what are some of the reasons so again i will let do you volunteers go first who wants to volunteer who wants to go first and give us their story um well about- tj and Catherine are both taking classes right now so i feel like Ooh. it is they have a more accurate and reliable answer <laughs> tj go first okay i'll go first so um the an online class that's like really stood out to me the most um or what made it stand out, I should say, was it was a lecture class that also had a lab built into it. And I was I was kind of apprehensive of how how was a lab going to work uh, online. Um, and that part, you know, it was mainly just the professor, like we did like online workshops and things. But the part that really made it memorable was for the lecture side of things, the professor didn't just, you know, make an announcement on Brightspace and say, hey, read chapters one through three, and then do the quiz. Um, they actually did like green screen video lectures and were very animated and funny and really made it feel like they wanted to, like, it almost felt like I got, I don't want to say a better experience because it was online, but I mean, the professor really put a lot of heart and soul into it and I could tell. So now anytime I see that professor, I always give them props because it was hands down. One of, and I tell everyone about it. Like, if you're going to take an online class, you need to take this person's class. It was so good. I'm not currently in any like online classes right now. Um, I have the privilege of going to all of my classes right now in person. But in the past, um, I've, I have really appreciated any online class that can surprise me. I think we all kind of go into an online class with expectations of there will be videos, there will be reading, there will be quizzes. And so anything that kind of breaks from that norm 
um, has always been really interesting for me and engaged me a lot more. So anything where there was, um, you know, go do this activity outside of class or do your own research, you know, using these resources or um, that we have a professor uh, at MCC who uses puppets to make videos about philosophy and um, I was just insanely impressed when I went and did her PGP. Uh, that's Amy. Um, and she killed it. I was so fascinated, you know, and philosophy is one of those topics that most people are either interested or they're not. But if you start showing me a video with puppets in it, I'm, I'm like, where is this going? You know, <laughs> even if someone wasn't uh, originally excited about philosophy, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, look, my professor, you know, did a video with puppets. Even if they're making fun of it, they're still like engaged and like, wow, look at, look at this. And it's memorable. Um, so uh, yeah, anything that's out of the, out of the ordinary that just catches your attention to break the monotony of just looking at a computer screen all day, I've really appreciated in an online class. For me, I, you know, I went and got my master's in instructional design and technology. And one of my classes was essential course design. And it wasn't just about like, you know, reading it from a textbook. It was the instructor really modeled how you should create courses online for higher ed. And um, yeah, so like we had activities where we were grouped and we, yeah, we did read from the text, but we um, had to like discuss it, uh, reflect on whatever we were reading. And then I think the cool part of the class was we had to create like products that represented what we read and present that, you know, and sometimes it would just be in a discussion board. Sometimes it would be in a Zoom or a YouTube video and um, we created relationships through those courses. And that's how I met like my best friend, Kayla Willis. And if it wasn't for those collaborative um, activities, I don't think that I'd have the relationship I'd have with her today. <laughs> um, I think another cool, other cool activities that we did, you know, we had instructors that would like send us PBL assignments, like in the mail, and we'd have to go check our mail and um, I, one of the things we had to build was like a virtual reality glasses. And then we had to, you know, explore through different virtual reality apps and um, figure out activities using virtual reality and, you know, into our own course design. And so that was, that was so much fun. It's just all of these different activities where you're able to speak you're able to write, you're able to listen, you're able to read. Um, it makes it engaging and it makes you want to keep learning. And I think that's what has driven me, you know, on my path through education is just this love for learning. And I think we can all find that, you know, uh, through our instructors. So I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think when, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, John. Go ahead, TJ. I think when a professor can, I feel like in an online environment, you have to be a lot more creative, not saying that in-person professors aren't creative. There are some awesome face-to-face uh, -face classes, but you really have to um, find unique ways to engage your students when you can't see them. Like some of these professors have never seen their students and yet they've had such a memorable 
impact on their students. So yeah, you definitely have to be creative. Mines are very short. I pretty y'all pretty much cover all of, all of where my classes are. My best class that I had, it, it was collaborative, and it was the first semester of my master's class. They put us in a group. They put us in groups, and I, I met some people that I'm still friends with to this day. But throughout my time in my master's class, I stick stuck with these people. We we worked together on other classes, even if it wasn't. Uh, group work, we we helped each other out. And I think the collaboration was a great, great idea. Um, and I think it took some some onus off the professor. So I wasn't always asking them questions like I we were helping each other out. And so without those guys, I probably wouldn't have made it through my master's course. And so I, I think that bringing in some kind of collaboration where you have students working together and letting them do that is 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 awesome and so that's one of the things and i know if y'all mentioned that okay in 2007 uh, i was taking a, a certificate program in distance education from university of wisconsin madison and uh one of the things that i found really really interesting about that uh considering it's in 2007 was that uh Several of our classes really, really focused on group work. And in one of them, which was, uh, we were talking about uh, internet technology for education. Uh, we were talking about vlogs and uh, podcasts, things like that. Uh, and so we, in this particular program, we had people from all over the world. We had somebody from New Zealand. We had somebody from uh, Wales. We had somebody from, we had a couple of people from uh, the United States, one person in Canada, somebody was in Hawaii. So uh, it truly was education at a distance on that. And while we had some tricks trying to collaborate and in, uh, synchronous uh, method because of, of time zones and all that other stuff. We found some other platforms. We were using Zoho for the platform. And one of the things that I liked about this was that we were able to do group work at a distance. And we had to figure out a lot of this ourselves, but it, it worked out and everything got uh we did project management properly. And so everything worked out on that. And it, it really kind of uh, solidified for me that group work online can work. So when we're talking about this collaboration, certainly there are tools out there that allow us to do all this stuff. Uh, one of the things that I would also say is, and keep in mind, this is 2007, we started dealing with gamification because as they broke us down into groups, it became a competition between the groups and we got points for meeting milestones. So if you were the first group who came up with your topic, you got points for that. If you were the first group that met the first milestone, you got points for that. And so it really got us all kind of engaged in uh, what was friendly competition, but I mean, it, it really engaged us in wanting to make sure that we got things done and we met our deadlines on that. So. Uh, that was probably one of the best classes that I took in, in that program because of, of the things that I learned coming out of it. Yeah, 
and Richard, did you think, do you think the collaboration and working together as a team that that helped you when you came out into the real world, like how to, to work with people and it, does that help build some of those oh, skills? I believe, I believe it helps build some of those skills. Now, obviously every class is not going to, to be a class that's going to lend itself to group work. But in this particular instance, uh, the skills and the way that uh, the instructor had to put the class together so that we all understood at all times what we were supposed to be doing. Uh, it was a little bit more difficult and it required a level of detail that uh, probably goes beyond just your standard assignments and, and things like that. But uh, it, it really did help to develop those skills beyond just the online as far as dealing with people. Okay, well, we've heard some good stuff today. I think we're running short on time. So uh, we're going to wrap wrap it up, but we had some really good conversations about what we've experienced as great online classes. Uh, we talked about, uh, TJ talked about teacher presence, which is great having a present. I mean, it's easy to do in a classroom, but how do we do that online? So TJ talked about that. Um, Catherine said, uh, she was talking about experiences and engagement and how those things can can help increase that engagement online, um, those experiences, maybe doing something a little differently, uh, which is awesome. I, I love that. I, <laughs> there's a good book called Teach Like a Pirate. It's it's K-12 driven, but it's a great book. And it's and it talks about uh, things like that. We talked about collaboration and, and uh, activities. Uh, Claire talked about PBL and some project-based learning. And that's awesome to, to enhance those online classes, get them hands-on real world. And uh, both me and Richard talked about collaboration and working together group work. I think all these together can make a really great and strong online class. And, uh, or, and of course, in-person class as well. So uh, it, does anybody wanna add anything before we wrap up? Any, uh, any thoughts or just really excited to be working with this amazing team and um, I'm excited to meet faculty and we're inviting faculty to come to this open house um, later on this week and I, I, I think we're just really excited to have faculty back on campus and to be working with them more closely and just know that our doors are always open literally <laughs> uh, I think room 222 is a place where people can, you know, relax and then also, you know, come to us and we'll, we will support you. And um, no matter what, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, we have a lounge in here with a little nice couch you can come sit down. And Claire usually brings a lot of goodies. Um, so if you want some treats, <laughs> if you need some chocolate or a cookie, you may find it in our area. If you just need to escape for a little while, <laughs> you can come I hang out. I just want to clarify that I am not a professional baker. <laughs> uh, people have given me too many compliments and I'm now boosting in confidence. Uh, but yeah, Thursday, I like to bake and I just do this because I work with such an awesome team and it's just my little way to say thank you every week and uh, to let them know that I appreciate them. And it's for everyone. I'm bring lots of extra food. So. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, it is very good. You you are close to, I, I would say you're professional or close enough anyway. By the way, will you let them know where they can find us online? So you can find us on Instagram. It's MCC underscore IDI. Uh, IDI is our abbreviation for our department. It stands for Instructional Design and Innovation. So you need to follow us and stay updated. Yes. Okay, guys, thank you all for sticking with us and joining us today. If you have any uh, suggestions for future shows, if you want a guest star, we will be uh, looking for people to come and talk to us about online courses and, and just about MCC and other things going on here. So shoot me an email, shoot one of us an email. We'll be happy to invite you on to the show. Otherwise, thanks guys for joining us. This is where I'm going to insert the...